Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome. My name is Reverend Dahlia, and I am so honored to be here with you today. In 2023, we've been asking the question, how shall we live? Once we know that divinity that is within us and expresses as us, how does that affect our lives? How does that change the way we live each and every day? And more recently, we've been looking at the creative power that is within us. In the catechism that I learned as a child, I was taught that I was created in the image and likeness of God, and I thought about it really hard. For my very young mind, it was a difficult issue, difficult question to address, but I wanted to know what that meant. And then I figured out if God is creator, then that means if I am in the image and likeness of God, I am also a creator. And when we look at what that means, how do we grab hold of our creative power? What can we do to tap into that creative power through which we create our experiences, through which we create our lives? Step one was taught by Jesus who taught us to seek first the kingdom of heaven. And then he taught us that the kingdom of heaven is within. So step one is grabbing hold of the consciousness that is the kingdom of heaven. The Christ consciousness, if you will, or the God consciousness. Because everything else we might do would end up being superficial without being anchored in the truth of who we are without being anchored in the consciousness of the Christ. And once we have done that and know how to get back to that consciousness when we stray, we can tap into the power of our mind, the power of our thoughts, and we've talked about how we can do that. Today, I want to talk about giving and receiving as a way of tapping into our creative power, as a way of accessing that power that really does live within us. And when I talk about giving and receiving, there's many, many ways of understanding that. Culturally, oftentimes we think of giving and receiving as something that's done between people. And sometimes we only have a superficial understanding, which is fine, but there's more to be said about it. So today we'll be talking about giving and receiving and the role that trusting God plays in that. 
and the way that giving, receiving, and trusting are really part of that consciousness that we bring, part of the consciousness out of which we reach in and grab hold of our creative power. I used to watch a TV show uh, called The Big Bang Theory, and there was a character named Sheldon in the show. And one of the episodes revolved around the way he was really stressing about receiving a gift. And he didn't want to receive gifts because he explained that meant he had to figure out how much the gift cost. And then he had to figure out a, a gift that he can give in return. And the gift he gave in return needed to cost that exact same amount of money. Otherwise, he would still be indebted to the other person if his gift costs less and he didn't want to be indebted. But if he bought a gift that costs more, then that other person would be indebted to him and might give him another gift, which would start the whole process all over. And he was just miserable about this process. So what he was thinking in terms of was a zero-sum game. And zero-sum game is a theory in economics. It's a theory in game theory, where if, let's say, I have $2 and I give you $2, you are now $2 richer, and I am $2 poorer. So when I give... I then have less, and someone else has more. The spiritual journey we are on, the spiritual journey into realizing our creative power, is not at all a zero-sum game. In fact, it's so far different but in our culture, our default often is to think of a zero-sum game. And so it's important in our spiritual journey to not think of it that way. I volunteered for two hours yesterday, so now it's someone else's turn, and they better volunteer two hours before I volunteer two hours again. I cut his grass, my neighbor's grass, last week. So he needs to do a favor that is equivalent for me now. And it's not intentionally that we think that way, but there, there is some pull in our culture to go there. So when we think of giving and receiving on our spiritual path, it's more important to think of giving and receiving as God and the way God is always giving to creation and how ultimately the relationship that we are cultivating as we go on this spiritual journey of giving and receiving is our relationship with God and to become aware of the infinite ways in which God gives to us and to become aware of the blessing that God's gifts 
are to us and to be aware that there is nothing that we can ever give that would outgive God. We can never outgive God. We can never outdo God in what we give. However, what we can do is be an expression of the generosity of God. We can be an expression of the generosity with which God blesses us. Anne Frank, a young girl who is famous for the things she wrote during her time of hiding during the Holocaust, she wrote that no one has ever become poor by giving. She had captured in a child's way the truth of this spiritual giving and receiving. So no one has ever become poor by giving. And again, that's a consciousness or understanding very different from the zero-sum game. Meister Eckhart, um, a, a mystic, a theologian, a professor, an academician, a Dominican, he he was trained in so many different ways, but is best known for his mystical writings. And he wrote that God is the act of infinite generosity. He didn't describe God as generous. He said God is the act of infinite generosity, giving the fullness of the mystery of reality away. And what he was saying with that is God is always, in each and every moment and in eternity, giving away God. God is forever creating, and that creative process is God expressing God. God manifesting creation as God expresses God. That means in this very moment, God, the universe, the great spirit, the goddess, whatever your name is for the divinity, in this very moment, God is giving itself to you, as you. God manifests through each and every one of us and the gift of our being is given eternally. If we're living on a timeline, that gift of being is being given in each and every moment. Meister Eckert also wrote that all creatures are dependent on the presence of God. If God were to withdraw for an instant, all creatures would be annihilated. And that sounds kind of heavy, but if we think in terms of physics, we know that most of what we see as creation, much of our own bodies, our physical presence, is space. 
that there are these tiny, tiny particles that are, you know, atoms and the particles that make them up. But mostly there is space. Mostly we are energy. And if God with, would withdraw God's creative energy, there would be no energy. And if there was no energy, there would be no atoms and no molecules, no particles, and there would be no dahlia. There would be no listener in this moment. If God would, would withdraw the generosity of God's creative process, we would cease to exist. It's not like God created us and then went off to do other things and that we can somehow live apart from the presence, the power, the energy that is God. And that's hard to wrap our brains around, but the more I reflect on that, the more I sit with it, the more I know that it is true. I don't understand the details, and as I try to think it through, it, it seems to quickly take me to a wall, but intuitively, in the silence, I know that to be absolutely true. And so God, who is forever creating us, forever gifting us with God, with the life energy, the creative energy that is God. In the Hebrew Bible, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, God is quoted, and in that chapter and verse, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And maybe that which is divine doesn't really plan, but out of that creative energy, out of that creative flow is the intention to bless to give us all that is good. And so if we start understanding giving and receiving as first and foremost, giving, God giving to us all that we are, all that we can be, all the good that are the possibilities before us, that's a very different understanding of giving, and it is out of that well of generosity that then we are able to give in turn. And what we are doing, God doesn't need anything from us. But when we express God's generosity and when we are giving as an expression of God's generosity. God is allowed to know itself through its creation, through us. 
God is able to know its own generosity through the generosity that we offer. And in that consciousness of God's generosity and our own manifestation of God's generosity, we are rich and we are prospered and we are part of the creative flow that is God's creative power moving through us. Our co-founders, Myrtle and Charles, really got this when they wrote their dedication and covenant. And I speak about this periodically because it's one of the most amazing documents I've ever read. Um, you can go online, Myrtle and Charles Fillmore, and pull it up and read the whole thing. But they made this deal with God. They made this deal with spirit. The spirit of truth was their name for God. That they knew lived within them. That they would give everything of themselves. They would give who they are. They would give everything they did. They would give their whole lives in dedication to the spirit of truth. And the way they did that, that spirit of truth, again, needs nothing. But what they did is they taught others. They served others. They gave this truth away to others. And that was a way for the generosity of God that had blessed them to be given away again. So it was God's manifestation extending beyond. So in their dedication, they promised that. They promised to live their lives for that. And in exchange, in exchange, they knew that this God that was the spirit of truth, the very spirit of generosity, would give them everything they needed and wanted. And wanted every desire they may have had. I have pieces of their covenant that I can read to you. So the covenant was written in 1892. And they write, we dedicate ourselves to the spirit of truth. Again, the spirit of truth, their name for God. The said spirit of truth shall render unto us peace of mind, health of body, wisdom, understanding, love, life, and, a, and an abundant supply of all things necessary to meet every want. Notice that, to meet every want. Sometimes we're so afraid to admit we want something because we think it's not spiritual, as if God doesn't know what we want, right? And they put that into their covenant. They said, we'll give everything to the spirit of truth by giving this truth to others. And in exchange, the spirit of truth would provide us with everything, plus an abundant supply of everything we want. And we will never, and then they add, without making any of these things the object of our existence. 
In other words, all of those things that they are trusting God to supply would not ever be part of their goal setting or part of their daydreaming. They would focus all of who they were to the spirit of truth and sharing it with others and just trust. Live in joyous expectancy, if you will, that the spirit of truth that God will provide everything. That is giving and receiving. That is the spiritual and deepest meaning of giving and receiving. That is knowing that God is infinite generosity in action and knowing that as expressions of God, it is ours to express that generosity and that trust, trust that as we do so, all that we need and want, all of the health, the wisdom, love that we desire is ours. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure that you get back. A little bit like Sheldon in Big Bang Theory, but... I think it has a deeper meaning. If you give all, if you become an expression of the generosity of God, then there are no limits to what you will get back. Deepak Chopra wrote, giving and receiving are different expressions of the same flow of energy in the universe. So when we really get that giving and receiving is living as the generosity of God and being aware of the many ways that God's generosity flows to and through us, it really becomes a single flow of energy. There was a man from many centuries ago who also got this idea. There was a prayer written about his life after he died, and that person is Francis of Assisi. Some people call him Saint Francis of Assisi, but he essentially lived his life as the same kind of covenant that Myrtle and Charles Fillmore lived the prayer that was written for St. Francis begins with the words, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace or a channel of your peace or a manifestation of your peace, if you would like. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, Hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. 
it captures that St. Francis's way was not transactional. It was not, I will give you clothes if you come work in my monastery, or I will serve you if you're a good person and you embrace the Lord. It's simply, if there is a need, let me be your channel. Let me be your instrument. And let me bring your gifts. Let me bring the generosity of God into this circumstance. What is there in your life that helps you know the generosity of God that is yours right now? Sometimes when we can't find things that allows us to feel generously provided for. There's a saying, begin with the alphabet, maybe the air you breathe, or maybe your very breath. What is it in your life, in this moment, that you know deeply is yours through the generosity of the divine. And then the other side of the question, how can you be a manifestation of this generosity in your own life? What is there around you that is asking for faith, for hope, for light, for joy? And how can you bring it? And we talk about generosity often in our culture in terms of money. And that's a piece of it. You know, is there a, a family that you can help with some money? A church family whose work you can support with money? Is there a teacher that you would tithe to? So money is one way of expressing it, but how... Can you also show up and be a presence that is the faith, the hope, the light, the joy, the love that a situation is calling for? Eric Fromm, um, a Jewish-German psychologist who ended up living and working in the United States, wrote, What does one person give to another? He gives of himself, of the most precious he has. He gives of his life. I think that's what Eric Fromm was meaning, that we, we can give stuff. We, we can and do give money, and those can be beautiful expressions, but most of all, we give of who we are. And we give in the spirit of St. Francis that we're... There is hatred we so love. Where there is injury, we bring pardon. I can't imagine a way of life in which someone could feel more abundant. My guess is that St. Francis felt much more abundant than the billionaires of our days. I could be wrong.
but there's a part of me that believes that too. Ram Das, another teacher who was quite prolific in his teachings in the 20th century, he wrote that it's not the gift, it's what the heart says in giving the gift. But the gift, it's God's gift. So we really have nothing of our own to give. The gift that we can give is manifesting the gift of God. Just like Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, just like St. Francis, like teachers like Ram Das. And to live in this consciousness of giving and receiving, it takes trust. In the stories of unity, there were many times when it looked like everything was unraveling and falling apart. Myrtle Fillmore would say, we don't need more money, we need more faith. But there is a trust in God, a trust in the truth that God expresses through us, a trust in the generosity of God, a trust in the goodness of God. So it's not just giving and receiving, it's giving, receiving, and trusting. And when we do that, we can live in joyous expectancy, knowing our good is unfolding, that we are giving gifts that bless God, if you will. And um, that in doing that, in doing that, we are actually back to that first step of living in the kingdom of heaven or in the God consciousness or the Christ consciousness. So trust in the goodness of God, that's a book that was written by a unity author, Mary Hooperly. A wonderful book. All of her books are great if you want to go back in history a little bit. Trust in the goodness of God. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.